the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. Let's talk money. Let's talk investing. Let's talk retirement. Anything that you need help on. Basically, I'm your, I guess, for lack of a better word, phrase, rich uncle. I'll give you a good second opinion on what I see and my experience. I've created a sizable amount of wealth in my life from investing, um, from staying invested, from continuing to invest, from repeating investing. And the only thing I would do differently is do it more often when I was younger. I'm very comfortable with my style of investing. I think it's called wealth accumulation. It is not speculative. There's always some degree of speculation. And we hear me cringe because sometimes I have to really let you know that there is risk. This isn't like, hey, I want to go play the lottery and automatically win. This is investing in capitalism, and I, I like the odds in capitalism a lot better than I like in the lottery. Let's talk investing. It's goofy day. It's tax day, right? In 1696, England imposed a tax on windows to extract more revenue from the wealthy. That's right. Houses with windows were a sign that you were rich. People who are 100 years or older in New Mexico are exempt from the state's income tax. You're 100 years old. You can't walk. You poop into a bag, but you don't have to pay income taxes. Sweet. Um, In 2009, local officials in China's Hubei province were required to smoke more cigarettes to boost sales tax collections. The tax collectors were fined by China's government if they didn't hit their targets. Therefore, they smoked. What? Crazy tax day stuff, right? Yesterday, the markets were all up fractionally. I almost call that a win. Give that a second to kind of like settle in. One thing that I hate about Wall Street is we do segments on it, winners and losers. And sometimes going sideways is winning. Sometimes not going down is winning. Because we're in earnings season right now. We're early. 90% of the S&P 500 companies that have reported so far have beaten earnings expectations. That's the best start to an earnings season since 2012. Which if you start doing in your head, that was coming out of a recession, right? Hmm, now I get it. Prometheus Biosciences spiked yesterday on news that Merck will buy the company. What's interesting is Prometheus Prometheus Biosciences sounds like one of those companies that's in one of the alien movies that wants to bioscientifically engineer a mutant to become a killing machine and whoops, it gets out of the lab. Prometheus Biosciences is here with you from the beginning of your life to the end. 
So they don't don't have any drugs. That's the weird thing at this point in time. Merck's buying $10.8 billion of a lot of ideas and hope. And what could be a big publicity stunt? I don't know. AI. Artificial intelligence dropped a new song with Drake in the weekend. I know you're saying, who's AI? Is that like a new rapper? No, no, no. It's like artificial intelligence. AI generated song rendered in Drake's voice featured another voice that sounds like the weekend called Heart on My Sleeve. A lot of people think this is just a, a publicity stunt. In the end, I don't know. The song was removed yesterday, not only from TikTok, but also from Spotify and Apple Music, where it has been streaming since April 4th at their Quest label, which works with both artists. The song has, quote unquote, an anonymous producer. I don't know. Uh, I guess that is kind of a story, right? The members of the Writers Guild of America have authorized their union to call for a strike if it can't hammer out a labor deal with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers by May 1. I hate strikes. Because every time there's a strike, I go, you know what? I didn't really need it anyway. When baseball goes on a strike, I watch less baseball. I, I move on. Union leaders have stressed the importance of ongoing negotiations because of how much the shift to streaming content has changed the industry. The last time there was a big writer strike was 2007. The strike lasted 100 days, and TV seasons got some very weird endings, including Breaking Bad. That was the first season. Had to be shortened to eight episodes or six episodes. Maybe it was eight, but it was planned for like 13. And it was planned for the main character, Jesse, to die. So, but because the strike was shortened... He uh, still lived through that season and then made it to the next season. They decided to keep him around. Interesting. Not really. Apple wants to become a piggy bank. This was a big story that kind of developed throughout the morning yesterday. Apple's latest product launch is interesting. Underline the word interest. That's right. You can get interest with Goldman Sachs and with Apple. The tech giant released a savings account that will yield 4.15%. You can open the savings account via the wallet app on your phone, but you'll need an Apple card to be eligible. No minimum deposit is required. The maximum balance is $250,000. All your funds are FDIC insured. To me, this feels gimmicky, but it's Apple's push a little bit further deeper into your wallet on your device. And it's slowly but surely killing the wallet in your pocket. Apple's push to become more money storage at a time when customers are pulling their savings out of low-yield accounts and stashing them in higher-yield options. There's no shortage of options out there with the Fed interest rate hikes going on. You should be getting over 3.5% on your money. It's very competitive out there. Marcus by Goldman Sachs offers a 3.9% annual percentage yield. Wealthfront's Cash offers about 4.3%. I have one called Flourish. It is provided through an institution, EP Wealth. Um, I'm getting 4.4%, which don't quote me because rates change on a daily basis sometimes, but that's pretty good. 
Apple's betting that the trustworthy brand and the convenience of setting up an account on your iPhone will ha- give it a competitive edge. So are they a are they a hardware company or are they a financial company? Yesterday we learned a little bit more that Elon Musk really wants to create an app called X, which is give you the ability to text friends, um, make plans for a movie, send messages to your friends about said movie, pay for a movie, get the tickets to the movie, call an Uber to take you to the movie. You see how it's integrating vertically Apple and Elon Musk with formerly Twitter, now known as X. Bank of America, Johnson Johnson, Lockheed Martin pressed with better than expected earnings results. Yay. Wall Street will like that. China reported a 4.5% year-over-year increase in first quarter GDP. HSBC double upgraded NVIDIA to buy from Reduce. NVIDIA is up today on that news. The housing starts and building permits report for March showed some welcome increases in single-family starts and permits. Some pretty good, some pretty good headline news today. You fighting the market? Are you in? You out? Are you north or you south? It's a civil war. Do we go higher or lower during earnings season? I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. The Wall Street Journal recently did a piece on living on a million dollars to retirement. It was a long piece. It was a you know a ten minute read maybe, maybe five of your speed reader. I don't want to say it got me discouraged because that makes me sound like a jerk. It was a very thoughtful piece and highlighted five or six couples from different parts of the United States and how they thought retirement was going to look versus how it looked. And the title of the article is, Here's What Retirement with Less Than a Million Looks Like in America. Five retirees open up their financial lives and how they spend money. None of them are rocking it. And all of them have a dwindling problem where they're spending, pulling out more than what's going in with Social Security or pensions or 401ks. It was interesting in the fact that... Again, it reminds me, my annual spending is way higher than you, than the average person's, and it's way higher than the average retirees. And I just got a notification from Rocket Money, which takes a look at all my accounts and tells me what subscriptions my kids have and what kids they don't have and what my wife has and what I don't have. And it, it's like, whoa, my one of my subscriptions just went up a lot. And it's not lost on me that I need to look at that. Like, was that Showtime? Was that HBO? No, no, don't call me HBO. Call me Max now. Um, so I'm going to do that after the show. Because when I see what Americans live like in retirement on less than a million, it's not lost on me that they're watching every single dollar. I don't want to be that person. But also, I don't want to be the person who throws good money after bad money. One couple who's living on less than a million dollars, they donate $400 a month to their church. They spend $350 a month on groceries. They owe $300 a month on a $30,000 home equity line of credit. I'm not liking that $30,000 home equity loan, especially since their interest rates have gone up. They're probably getting hit with higher interest payments. 
She said uh, the woman in the in the relationship grew up with sheep, cows, fresh vegetables, but no indoor plumbing. She said we were poor, but I didn't know we were poor. She became a teacher. She returned to the place where she grew up. Um, she wants to put a little cabin by her mother's property on her mother's property. Like I, I get it. Very, very lovely thoughts, right? Down to two hundred forty thousand dollars in dwindling. I don't want you to be in a situation where you dwindle. Now, again, is that the best segment I'm ever going to do for you? No. What the segment there is to me was what does a, a retirement in, with a million dollars look like? No one was living well. All their assets were dwindling. Um, I guess there would be some to leave to heirs in some cases, but in some they were going to run out of money. And that's, Fine and okay, because Social Security will cover a good portion of your medical needs, but not all of it. It's 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 it's. I, I guess the point is, how much do you need to retire? And does a million dollars sound like a lot after you see people watch it dwindle on them? And it doesn't to me. Apple card holders will be able to grow their daily cash rewards with an Apple Savings account by Goldman Sachs. I've already mentioned this once. I want to mention it one more time. This is a great thing. This is not a good thing or a bad thing. This will get more people saving money. And I'm I'm okay with that. Will this get people to retirement? No. But do I do I eventually see Apple acquiring an investment company? I do like a LearnVest? Maybe not a LearnVest. I'm not even saying a LearnVest is the right idea. I'm saying a financial tech company like someone who said so Apple can now come to you and say, "Okay, you can get 4.15% on your money, or you can take $100 and put it into a stock account every month. And we'll show you how much you're going to have in 20, 30, 40 years if you get historical market returns. I like that. I'm really, really comfortable with that, that idea of our phone becoming an investment vehicle for us. Now, where I don't like it at times, and I'll be honest with you, is like it'll be very easy for Apple, and I don't think they'll do this one because it's almost like Disney making an X-rated film. I could see Apple at some point in time saying, you know, hey, we'll buy a company like a DraftKings. So not only will we let you bank with us, but we let you invest with us, but you could also gamble with us. I'm not saying that they will. It's way too easy to gamble online anyway already. But that's vertical. And that's exactly what Elon Musk wants to do. So if you have an Apple credit card, which I do. So all my Apple products I buy with my Apple card. I buy nothing else with my Apple credit card. Nothing. I have my Verizon card loaded onto my phone. I have my Chase Sapphire loaded onto my phone. I've literally gone into restaurants before and gone, oh, I left my wallet in my car. I'll be right back. And I'm like, nope, I have my phone with me. I like what Apple's doing here. Is this a no-brainer? Is this going to lead towards an all-time stock high? No. It just makes it more sticky. Think about it this way. You have a bank account with who? I'll let you answer that to yourself. Take a second. How many times have you changed your bank account in the last 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years? Probably not a lot of jumping around from bank to bank. All Apple's trying to do is get you to stop jumping around from phone to phone. 
No, 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 no. I, I don't want to make it nefarious. I'm not evil Tim. Evil Tim. Or what did Trump call him? Tim Apple. Tim Apple. The evil Tim Apple wants you to be sticky with the phone. I don't think it's that much of an intent. But I do like a high yield savings account. I, I think that's going to help a lot of people take a step in the right direction to being more responsible with their money from just letting it sit in a bank earning zero. I'm not saying I was the most brilliant conversationalist when I was 25 years old, but I was, if I was 25 years old and dating right now, Friday night comes up, I'd be like, hey, hey, sweet, honey. I know you're saying every man, you say every sexist term for a woman, you're going to get punched if you say um, sugar, sugar. Um, no, 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 no. I would have that conversation with friends at 25. Like, hey, did you see Apple's doing this? And I think that's a great way to start saving. Is it the only way? No. One minute. But I like the concept. Um, you can drop money into your savings account. You can today, like, for instance, I have a Bank of America. That's my bank. And I don't like Bank of America, but how many times have I changed in the last 25 years? Zero, because it's incredibly sticky. I don't want to go close my account and open an account. So I like what Apple's doing here. But also Apple yesterday announced that it's opening its first store in India as it looks for a new generation of iPhone users. One of the problems about India is they're not as willing to spend $1,200, $1,400 on a phone as Americans are. We'll see how that one plays out, but it'll have positive ramifications. It may not be glorious positive ramifications. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. April is Financial Literacy Month, a month intended to raise awareness on planning for a secure financial future. We all have a financial future, whether we admit it and or not, and it all clock is starting ticking right now. So this is a good month to get into the information and learn a little bit more about your personal finances. Things like reviewing your credit reports or reports or strategically paying down your debt or starting a realistic budget. Those are the very simple things. Um, but every now and then we hit a different topic. EP Wealth is a group that I work with. They have given me a lot of the CFPs at the team to come on air and promote various topics, whether it's women's month, women are different investors than men and financial literacy, a little different topic as well. Eric has a blog at epwealth.com forward slash blog. It's epwealth.com forward slash blog. I'm speaking with today with Eric Swanson, CFP out of the Westlake Village, West LA area of EP Wealth. Eric, welcome into the show. Thank you very much, Rob. Now, it's this time of year where we get the tax refunds. And when I was 18 years old, I always looked at tax refunds as kind of like a, you know, uh, a monopoly turn where you got a windfall. And I treated it ignorantly. I, In hindsight, I wish I would have treated it differently. What do you view or what's your angle on tax refunds and, and how to implement them wisely? Um, you're going to hear me use the word it depends quite a bit. So I apologize up front. So I'll try to narrow it down. In, it re- usually depends on the kind of client and what they, where they are in their life. Uh, for example, somebody that's in their 20s or 30s may not be, uh, they may have the, their mind or eyes set to buy something with that. I would encourage something, you know, assuming that they apply or uh, qualify for it, something like a Roth IRA, something that has the ability to grow tax-free into their retirement. It's a great way to take money you didn't think you're going to get and put it away for the long haul. 
um, somebody that might be in actual retirement mode, but it, you know, has already built their wealth or maybe perhaps still wanting to do something for legacy planning for their grandchildren or things like that. Maybe I would encourage uh, that they would put that money towards 529s, uh, which mm-hmm. is college financial planning or <clears throat> college instruments that also grows tax-free for their, the recipient or the beneficiaries. That's typically what I would end up with those two age groups I'd end up suggesting. I like those ideas. Um, kind of get ahead a little bit in your long-term plans by using that quote-unquote windfall, even though it's not a windfall. Let's talk about that briefly. If you're getting money back and it's sizable, I think it implies that you overpaid the IRS during the year. Right. Not right. everyone has access to a CPA or tax planning. Um, is there anything that the average person can do to try to figure out the balance so that they don't owe too much or get back too much? Well, aside from different software programs that are available, like TurboTax and things like that, um, you know, I'm a little on the bias side. I'd encourage that they actually find uh, an advisor that they can work with, an advisor that's able to uh, review their overall picture, analyze their tax situation, and see whether or not they can stop what I refer to as lending the government money for four quarters and then bring, you know, the right amount of exemptions that they've come as close as possible to breaking even. Now, this show is obviously dedicated to the average person getting into retirement. And obviously, retirement's the ultimate goal for all of us. But you have a lot of clients who are on the wealthier side. How do they view tax refunds differently than, say, someone who's in their 20s or 30s? Um, i.e. when you're in those golden years of your life and you're, you're getting a, not a windfall. I keep, I keep going back there cause that's the way I was trained as a kid, Eric. Yeah. Um, how, how do seniors see it differently? They definitely don't see it as a windfall. You're absolutely right. Usually they overpay and usually they know they're overpaying and they would rather overpay and take that extra at the end of the year after they've done their returns and pay it into the up in the next subsequent year. Um, basically a down payment on their taxes, if you will, which is typically what I end up seeing clients wanting to do or their strategy. So let's get off the topic of refunds from the IRS. And let me pick your brain as a CFP, Um, kind of a softball question, but is there any advice you would give your younger self or any advice that you like passing out, say when you're at dinner and someone says, what do you do for a living? And you go, well, surprise, here's what I do. And you, you drop something financially on them. Any tips that are sitting in your brain right now, Eric? Um, I would say the younger person, without a doubt, and I'm back to that Roth IRA again, it packs such a punch uh, for the long haul. And you don't have to fully fund a Roth IRA every year to be able to take you know the most amount of advantage of one. It's getting one started and continually contributing to it over the course of your working years whether it be $50 a month, $100 a month, or whatever it is you can afford, the power of compounding and at a tax-free rate is, again, from a qualifying standpoint, it can't be beat. It just can't be beat. So I would go backwards and do that all over again five times over. Thanks very much. It's Eric Swanson, he's a CFP with EP Wealth, Westlake Village, West LA. April is Financial Literacy Month. We talked a little bit about what to do with your tax refunds. Not the easiest topic to get into because we're all very different with how we pay taxes and we're all very different with how we view that tax refund. Thanks very much, Eric. Thanks for your time, Rob. Okay. All right. I highly recommend taking a little bit of time to educate yourself on financial literacy. 
it is a problem in America that leads to people not saving money. When I was a child, I was uneducated on finances. Um, deep into my 20s, I thought Social Security might be enough for most Americans. I now think Social Security won't be enough for anyone my age. And for those of you who live credit card or paycheck to paycheck, I think it, it's it's not going to be a great retirement. Unless you educate yourself. I'm not trying to scare you. In the end, and, you know, my spouse will be the first one to tell you this. I don't have a lot of friends and I don't go out a lot. And um, I'm not going to be affected by you not saving. But it stinks to think about. I alluded to a Wall Street Journal article talking about people living with under a million dollars retirement. And no one's living like grandparents that I grew up. I, I didn't grow up with these grandparents. These were imaginary grandparents. My spouse had great grandparents. She had a grandfather that would put two $5 bills and one $5 bill in each hand and, you know, full size candy bar in both hands and say, pick a hand. And she was always a winner. And a lot like all of us, we grew up in a world where our grandparents um, probably were the nicest people in the world to us. And our parents were busy parenting us and our teachers were busy teaching us. I like the idea of being a cool grandparent. My grandfather. Um, I didn't, I had one grandfather. My father was an orphan and my uh, other grandfather, he was dead long before I was born in the war. And my grandmother had Alzheimer's disease by the time I was six years old. So I never really had grandparents. I know you're saying that's the saddest story I've ever heard. Rob, you're going to make me cry. I get it. I get it. Okay. So we keep talking about a recession coming up, right? A recession with an H in there somewhere. A recession, not with an H in there somewhere. Would I change my portfolio aggressively for uh, an impending recession? No, because I don't put a lot of speculation in my portfolio in front or behind a recession. I think you make good money by trying to tinker like that, but I don't need to tinker like that. I'm more worried at this point in my savings and investing life. I'm much more worried of taking a look at, am I producing enough income for my investments to cover my budget in retirement? Honestly, let's say I have X million dollars. I, I don't mind if I stay with X million dollars for 10, 20, 30 more years. Now, that's not ideal. I'd rather double my X every 7.2 years and live off the dividends would be great. But my number one goal is to be live off the dividends. My number two is preservation of capital. My number three is growth of capital. If you're over, under 50, you should, your number one goal, in my opinion, should be growth of capital. I'm now seriously moving into the wealth preservation phase only because I, I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this. There are no guarantees. I work for a big company. I, I do a good job for them, but there's no guarantees. And my next job, I'm going to become a high school. And this, I say this, and maybe if I say it enough, it will become true. I'd like to become a high school journalism teacher at a private school where I don't have to have that high school teacher degree 
even if I have to be a substitute teacher, I'd do that. Because I, I think those are the people that need help the most. And if I were to be your substitute teacher in science and come in and say, Mr. Black wants to teach you about uh, cell epimology or finance, which ones do you kids want to do? Do you want to learn how to be a millionaire? And I'll have a, like a whole class set up on how uh, Bad Bunny became a millionaire and Taylor Swift became a millionaire and how Jake Paul became a millionaire. I'll speak in their terms because I'm hip like that. <laughs> I know you're saying that sounds awful. I know. And I'm not going to like high schoolers making fun of me either. So setting your stock market, your stock portfolio up for a recession isn't a horrible idea. I just think sometimes you can get too cute about it. Um, if I had a stock that was tied toward like Airbnb is tied towards an, an economic expansion. 30. It's tied towards kids after COVID being locked up and saying, I want to go travel the world. I own that stock. If I saw a recession coming, I might say, you know, people might not travel as much. I might let that one go hypothetically and buy something like an olive garden because people will still want to go out in their hometown for entertainment, for a small vacation at a small price at a cheap restaurant. You get the idea. I'm just telling you how you have to learn to think, not how you have to learn to invest. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. I want to hit the headline news and show you that there's financial lessons you can see in news every single day. First and foremost, this is one that I know a lot, many of you missed. But Morgan Stanley reported quarterly earnings this week. And CEO said banks are tightening lending standards. Morgan Stanley is a big bank. What Morgan Stanley's Mike Wilson is saying is that a credit crunch stemming from March's bank banking crisis has already begun. He pointed to a big drop in bank lending and tightening credit standards in recent weeks. If you want access to cheap money, it's going to be tougher. Credit crunch stemming from the fallout of Silicon Valley Bank has begun. He was the chief investment officer. He said the last two weeks have shown the steepest decline in lending on record as banks scrambled to offset the breakneck pace of deposit flight, which has accelerated the month since Silicon Valley Bank failed. Janet Yellen has said the same thing. The Federal Reserve is not saying the same thing yet. The Federal Reserve said inflation is still high. We continue to need to tighten um, to raise interest rates, tighten lending standards. And they're making us go into recession so that they can kill jobs. And I, I wish I were kidding on this one, but it seems like this is a Fed-induced recession yet again. Now, with that said, inflation doesn't bother me. But if I was an elderly couple or an elderly man, can't be two people. I'm showing you my <laughs> ignorance there, right? Inflation would hurt. It would hurt a lot. So when the CIO... And the CEO of banks get out there and talk. Listen, one of your best financial calls would be during earnings season is to pay attention to the big banks. Bank of America. What did Bank of America have to say? That's the one that I want to know. And Bank of America just posted its first quarter results that topped expectations. Every business segment performed well. They grew client relationships and accounts organically and in a strong pace. They benefited from Silicon Valley Bank as bank people who bank 
bank users said, you know, I don't really need a regional. I need a big boy who's not going to go out of business. They benefited from that. Southwest Airlines is in the news right now, pausing departures after reporting technical problems. If you have a flight on Southwest today, please take a look at what's happening to the airport before you go. Stock is down on that news. I don't like hearing that companies are buying back their shares and then hearing weeks later that a company has computer problems and can't finish their flight for the day. And I'm like, that doesn't make me feel good. In the long run, I'm going to forgive Southwest because it's more convenient for me to fly to L.A. or San Diego with Southwest than any other airline. But at the same time, ouch, that's a big blow. One third of wedding dresses are sold through a company called David's Bridal. If you've ever bought a wedding dress, it is the biggest waste of money on the planet. Yes, the bride looks lovely. And no, she won't fit into that dress in 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 years, nor will the the groom fit into his tux. So let's be honest. It's a silly purchase that costs thousands of dollars. And it's made out of cloth, not out of gold, not out of silver, not out of pixie dust. David's bridal is going bankrupt. Second Second bankruptcy in five years. What I love about the millennials and Generation Z is they're starting to say, you know what? Diamonds are stupid. Our parents are dumb. Wedding dresses are silly. Our parents are silly. So they're starting to change that. But still, one third of all wedding dresses and the company is going bankrupt. Ouch. Ouch. And I know you're saying you're a hopeless romantic. You don't like wedding dresses. Don't like wedding dresses. I don't like $400 pair of shoes. I can tell you hundreds of things that are stupid that Americans waste money on. Um, Netflix had some sort of problem. I didn't watch Love is Blind. Therefore, I didn't have much of a need to watch Love is Blind, the reunion show, which was live. But, you know, they did the Chris Rock special a couple weeks ago. And it kind of went off without a hitch. The pre-show was incredibly was bad. And I thought the post-show was incredibly bad. But the comedy itself went off pretty well, even though Chris Rock forgot a joke halfway through and it had to be edited post. Um. But Netflix is catching all sorts of poop over the live stream didn't work well or on time for the Love is Blind reunion. I'm like, how many people could really be upset about that? And I guess a lot. We'll find out a little bit more on this blasphemous story later this afternoon when Netflix reports earnings. And this time last year, they lost subscribers. Since then, they've added a new ad tier. And they've added... um a closer scrutiny on duplicate accounts, not duplicate accounts, but just password sharing. So they had a good quarter last quarter. Can they do the same? We'll find out. Lulu Lemon is reportedly considering shedding some of its weight. It's funny when a uh, retailer who's tied towards physical fitness has to spin off a unit. Cause we're like, ah, they're trying to lose weight. The weight of the mirror. You remember mirror? You probably saw some commercials right around when Pelotons were everywhere in media. When Big was dying of a heart attack, you probably saw a commercial of maybe someone like a LeBron James working out in front of a mirror. And you're like, that's cool. The mirror turns into a TV screen and you're like, that's cool. Yeah. So Lululemon bought that company. And it's not going well for them. 
their core business is in apparel. They're trying a new vertical. It failed. AMC Plus is going to debut a cheaper ad-supported tier in October. The current $9 a month plan includes access to all AMC streamers, including Sundance Now and Shudder. They just seem like they're going to have to be acquired. McDonald's is changing the way it improves its burgers with meltier cheese, softer buns, more Big Mac sauce, and caramelized onions added during the patties while they're still cooking. Uh, There's not enough of a story there. Other than McDonald's was around when I was a little kid and still around today. And they don't make the best food on the planet, but they sell a lot of it. I would gladly own shares of McDonald's for a long-term patient investor, but not for the short term. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, Consultant Broker Verizon for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on this show. Thank you. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.